Hello, listener, and welcome to Straight Shot Health Talk. This is the podcast that provides honest and straightforward information about health, wellness, and how to survive our crazy healthcare system. This is for people who want to focus on getting well instead of just treating symptoms. Sound like you? Then let's get started. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Straight Shot Health Talk. This is your host, Dr. Kevin. And today we're going to talk about the five beliefs you need to have in order to improve your health and in reality, change your life, right? So these five beliefs I have pulled from multiple different research materials, multiple different um, beliefs or the, the best information out there on behavior change. A lot of it comes from the psychological literature, particularly behavioral psychology, uh, on people who are actually trying to see what makes us do what we do and in how we can actually influence people to make the changes to improve their health and their lives, right? Uh, one of the main sources for this is something called the theory of planned behavior, uh, which is one of the best um, behavioral sort of predictive models. Again, not 100%. None of this stuff is 100%. Uh, if we're looking for 100% and if someone, if you need someone to tell you that you it has 100% of success, um, well, keep looking because there isn't. And those people who tell you that anything that has 100% chance of success are generally lying to you. Um, but it has the best. I mean, it has some of the best information behind it and it has some of the best data to support it. So this is not something that I read off some self-help dialogue or from a book. This is actually from the research um, that has been proven in a lot of ways to have the best predictive model for behavior change. All right. Now, that the theory behind bland behavior is not the only source for this. Uh, other places I've looked at is habits and motivation literature and the studies that has really sort of determined whether people have successfully changed their health and improved their lives. All right. So what are these five beliefs then uh, that you really need to have to improve your health? Well, the first one is you actually have to believe in the result, whatever that result is, and you have to want that result. Okay. Uh, what does that mean is you actually have to believe that losing weight will improve your life. You have to believe that exercise is beneficial for you. You have to believe um, that it is possible to eliminate your chronic pain, right? And actually want those results. Now, the first part of that is usually a little bit easier because, um, you know, we have articles and news things and we have health care telling us, you know, yes, you, if you're obese, you have a massive amount of health risk adjustment through that. We have, yes, if you're a smoker, you know, number one thing you can do for your health without a doubt is to quit smoking is that has probably some of the greatest negative impacts on your health. Um, for chronic pain is that there, the chronic pain can successfully be cured, not managed. Uh, that's a real tough one because almost everything that you read, almost everything that is purported out there um, talks about chronic pain in this way that it only can be managed and not cured. Um, or a lot of chronic pain syndromes such as fibromyalgia, uh, in the standard medical literature, at least in the standard way that we report it, we say that there is no cure for it. And I have looked in multiple sources, multiple places for that. I'm not exactly sure where we can say that. This is me speaking as a fellowship trained pain specialist uh, who used to tell people this stuff um, because I can't find anything in the data that actually supports that. Yeah, there's people who have fibromyalgia that have chronic pain. But there are people who have had fibromyalgia that eliminated their chronic pain. And somehow we ignore those results and say that is not possible. I'm not exactly sure that's skewed. Anyway, you have to actually believe in and want the result. Now, people may be hearing this and going, duh, of course, if you don't want the result, then of course you're not going to actually pursue the action. That's true and not true. So, so um, 
which we're going to touch on a little bit here. But the key one with this is something comes down to radical self-honesty. And what I mean by this is oftentimes people will kind of say they want the result, but they really aren't invested in the result. And they're doing it simply because their spouse is telling them that they need to do it. Um, that maybe they have a doctor that said that they need to do something. Maybe um, a friend of theirs, their parent, their child is telling them to do it. But they really don't by themselves want the result. And there may be some subconscious motivation that makes them cling to whatever that aspect may be. Maybe they're smoking and there's a reason subconsciously that they're really attached to that smoking. Maybe they felt a, maybe they were, I mean, this is going to be a weird example, but they smoked with their, their parent, right? And they, that moment in time when they were smoking was connected to some very positive moments of interaction with their, with their parent and then their parent passed. And so what they have is they have a link to that behavior um, that reminds them of a very important beliefs for them. And maybe they don't want to stop that. Maybe subconsciously in a lot of ways, they don't want that result because they feel that if they eliminate smoking, then they're eliminating um, that piece of their life. They're eliminating that aspect that connects them to that important individual. Now, uh, it, I'm going to use another pain example here, and I don't want to accept, set people from the beginning of the podcast. I'll save that for the end. But the other, you know, there's sometimes what we'll see in chronic pain is people are very invested in their pain. Um, and this is both secondary gain issues. If you look at things like disability, people get in, in this, this, it really becomes this difficult trap where if they're receiving disability payments or they're invested in a lawsuit, there's a lawsuit involved, maybe it was a car accident or something involved. It puts them in a position where if they get better, uh, either consciously or subconsciously, they, they're, they're if you get better then somehow that result, you may lose the disability check, then you don't know how you're going to pay for your house. Uh, you may have some sort of, you know, again, some lawsuit involved. And if the lawyers are telling you that if you actually feel better, if, or if you know, if you, if you don't improve, then the monetary outcome from um, the trial will be higher than if you did get better. Um, and that, that does happen, actually. If you look at the literature on treatment and chronic pain, uh, when people are involved in lawsuits, they don't tend to get better no matter what the treatment is. In fact, we commonly used to tell people, you know, wait until the lawsuit's done, get out of the litigation process, uh, and then we can sort of effectively start working on these, these uh, the chronic pain part because there's just too much other stuff going on. Now, if you're hearing this and you're going, that is, that's absolutely untrue, you know, I... I that's no way that that um, receiving payment for whenever disability or being involved in a lawsuit can influence my pain. And if I could get my pain gone and then it would be better than anything, um, I would say, you know what, you, you may feel that way, but um, the way we think and the way we act, there's a whole bunch more to it that goes on underneath the surface here than we realize. All right. Uh, and rather than violently getting upset and saying that's not true, to take a couple of big deep breaths and say, well, how, how could this be true? And if it were true, what would be the way that I would see it? Because there's, there's quite a bit of data that a lot of that, what we, you know, we think that we think rationally and that we're aware of every choice that we make. And that really isn't true. We're very emotional creatures and there's all the stuff that burbles up underneath us that sort of drives and motivates. And um, if you're not even willing to recognize how that emotional brain interacts with the rational brain and really kind of throttles that rational brain sometimes, um, you're kind of hurting yourself. All right. So anyway, you have to believe in and want the end result. 
right? The second step or the second belief that you need to have to really improve your health and your life is you have to believe that the result is possible. So not only do you have to believe that that result, again, in the first point is that something that you want, but you have to really believe the result is possible. If someone may say, you know, I, I want to fly, right? And I really want to fly, uh, but you don't believe that result is possible, uh, then you're not going to pursue it at all, right? Uh, this can be seen um, in a lot of times in exercise. And one of the, the classic examples of believing the result is possible and why that is so important, it comes from um, running. And for those of you who, who remember back in 1954, Roger Bannister broke the four minute mile. And this was a huge accomplishment up until that time. In a lot of ways, people did not believe it was physically possible to run a sub four minute mile. That is really fast, by the way, uh, to run a sub four minute mile. So people were saying, well, this is, you know, you can't do it. We're never going to do it. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, it may even come to things like the sound barrier when they were trying to design planes to overcome the, the go faster than the speed of sound. You know, there's always a point where people say, you know what, that's just impossible. That cannot be done. And things stall. But once someone does it, like Roger Bannister did in 1954, and you showed that the result was possible, that changes things completely. Because once you've seen that the result is possible, so once you have seen people who have lost, say, say you're 100 pounds overweight, and you see people that have lost 100 pounds, or you, um, you know, there's couch potatoes that never exercise a day in life, and then you see someone who has actually shown that they can exercise and they exercise consistently, once you know the result is possible, things change. And that leads directly into step three or the third belief uh, that is actually vital if you want to change or improve your health and change your life. And that is that you have to believe the result is possible for you. So, you know, a lot of people saw Roger Bannister in 1954 break the four minute mile and they said, wow, that's fantastic and good for him. But they never ran or did anything uh, towards that. Now, part, part of that is because a lot of people don't have any desire to run a four minute mile. But for those people who were already runners who may have believed that running under a four minute mile was impossible, this was a game changer because Roger Bannister, being a runner like them, had now shown that the result was possible and them being a runner recognized that that result was possible for them. So what happened? Well, two months later, two months after Roger Bannister broke the four minute mile, he did it again along with John Landry. All right. And now that the, that it was, that result was broken. Now more people have shown that they could uh, break the, the sub four minute mile. Um, it just started cascading after that. And then 1964, there was actually a high school student who broke a uh, sub four minute mile. And these are just in races. So God knows what people are doing in practices and practice sessions when they're not being measured uh, or monitored with all the fancy, um, you you know, not being actually logged in the the records, the record books of things. So my suspicion being there's more people running the sub four minute mile than we know about uh, because they're doing it not in these road races, but they're doing it on their own. And the way that that happens is because they believe the result is possible for them. So they can train towards it. Now, this is really crucial for for health is that um, there's a lot of people running around that know that it's possible to lose 100 pounds and know that the result is beneficial. But unless you identify or unless you believe that result is possible for you, then you're less likely to actually pursue that change. So again, let's take chronic pain. Chronic pain is a good example for this because there's people who have eliminated their chronic pain. I've done podcasts with them. If you go back to the Mark Owens interview, he he practically eliminated his lower back pain. And um, in chronic pain, we have a tendency to trap ourselves into these ideas. Well, if they somehow, I want my pain to go away, but then we hear these stories about people who eliminate their chronic pain and then we 
we discount them or we say that they're not like us. Their pain is different than mine. My pain must be worse than theirs. Uh, and we don't allow ourselves to believe that the result is possible for us. Okay. Uh, and the way that you get around that is to find people as similar to you that have succeeded, that have eliminated their chronic pain, that have lost 100 pounds, that have started an exercise program, that have quit smoking, et cetera. And this is one of the big advantages that we have in this day and age with the internet, right? Everybody talks about the internet and their social media and junk and all this other stuff, that cat videos or whatever. But one of the things that the internet has widely done is no matter where you live, if you are hearing my voice now, it means you have access to the internet, right? Wherever you are in the world. And with access to the internet, you can find people that have achieved the results that you want, right? Who are similar to you. And so you can actually look around and maybe take some time on Google and doing some searching and things, but you can find people who have these results. And once you've sat, found someone who's similar to you that has achieved the results you want, this is a fundamental change in your belief because now you believe not only that result is possible, that result that you want, but that result is possible for you. Key, 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 right? Now these top three beliefs, you know, belief in and want the result, the belief that the result is possible and the belief that result is possible for you are really, really crucial for um, big change. Right. changes that are going to take take you from uh, ha- having to actually make a big difference or change in the way that you do your day-to-day activities, the, your daily habits, all right? Now, but the last two beliefs that we're going to talk about are the most crucial for them. And, and these last two beliefs are also absolutely crucial for other behavior change. So sometimes you can change your behavior if you without really having huge desires and the results or really strong beliefs in the process at all for small things. These are small behavior change, sometimes which can make huge impacts on your life, but which you don't have a lot of, um, uh, you know, ties to, you know, they don't have, a, you don't have pre-existing habits that may be sabotaging you. And these are what I would call, these last two beliefs are involved in things like if you had, you're trying to add a new habit that really doesn't replace or compete with any of the other daily habits that you have. So for me, um, example of this is I was trying to consume more protein in the morning. And so what I did is I made a protein shake. Now, this didn't require a huge amount of, of change for me. Um, all it had me to do is that I had to do it every day and I had to take the actions to actually achieve that result. So this and I knew I could do it. So I did. And so I've done that for, I don't know, years now. But I wouldn't have been able to do it if I didn't have these last two beliefs. These last two beliefs are also critical for the big changes like what we've been talking about. If you want to lose 100 pounds, if you want to eliminate chronic pain, if you want to um, improve your, your heart health, uh, you have to have these last two results. In fact, these are the most important belief for change, right? And they impact on all sorts of stuff. They're also involved with stress. Uh, if you have you know, a strong foundation in these last two beliefs, they decrease the stress response. Um, just just absolutely crucial. So what are these last two beliefs? Well, the first of these last two beliefs is that you have to believe you are responsible for your results. Okay. This is absolutely crucial to understand. If you are have a firm belief that others are responsible for your health or your outcomes that is up to someone else, your doctor, your spouse, your mother, your brother, your parents, you're not as likely to change, right? That's we've talked about this in the in in the past. This is an example of what's called external locus of control. When you believe that other people, they, the mystical they out there, control your life, you absolutely positively have to believe you are responsible for your results. That your outcomes are dependent upon you, right? 
that is very hard. That is very scary. I recognize that. But it's absolutely critical for not only improving your health, but improving your life. Because if you are not in control of your life, that means you're going to let other people decide things for you. Right. The other thing about that, that, and I think I've said this before, is that while it is scary, it is remarkably freeing. Because once you've taken responsibility for your outcomes, once you've decided, you know what, it is up to me to lose weight. It is up to me to quit smoking. It is up to me to eliminate my chronic pain. That frees you from sort of the slavery of, of waiting for other people, it, from, from, you know, drug pharmaceuticals that are going to tell you that you need to take this pill in order to commit smoking or to quit smoking or that you need to take this pill in order to um, lose weight. You know, one of the new weight loss pills is just, I can't believe you know people take it and the, you know, a successful outcome with this weight loss pill that costs like a hundred dollars a month or more uh, is less than 5% of your weight lost in six months. Um, you can do that with a good coaching program and probably cheaper in some ways. So anyway, this is, but that result, that result, that belief that you are responsible for your results is the number fourth belief on our list uh, and is one of the two most important beliefs that you must have. And then the last belief really uh, here is that you believe that you can take the action steps necessary towards that result. Now, notice I'm not saying that you, it's saying that you believe that you can achieve the result, although that's important. It's saying that you believe that you can actually take the steps to walk closer toward that goal or run or climb closer to that goal. Right? And this goes into a concept that was known as self-efficacy. Self-efficacy is self-management. Um, it's your confidence in yourself towards a process. All right. So while when you're, you you know, the external locus of control, which really is sort of the root behind that belief you are responsible for your results is is saying that out, my outcomes are, are come directly from my actions, that I'm responsible for the results that I want in my life. Um, self-efficacy really says that I can take the steps necessary to get there. And of the two of these, self-efficacy is probably the most important because you're, as you make progress towards a goal, as you make progress towards improving your health, your outcomes may change. Say you want to start an exercise program and you start walking at first and your, your goal is, you know, the outcome that you want that, uh, that you, that you really want to achieve is say, I don't know, walking, um, three miles. And you notice over time, as you start walking consistently, first you start walking with a half mile or a quarter mile, and then you get up to a mile and you're starting to do a mile and a half every day. And then you reach that goal is your results may change. You may actually say, now I want to run five miles. But self-efficacy is in this belief that you can take the action steps necessary towards that results, focuses on the progress, focuses on the day-to-day steps and that you can do those. And this is actually crucial, crucial, crucial for, for, for improving your health and to change your life in a lot of ways. So um, before I'm going to summarize this here, I'm going to just want to go through these one more time. So the five beliefs in order to improve your health and your life are believe in and want the result. That's number one. Believe the result is possible. Okay. Number two, believe the result is possible for you. That's number three. Remember the power of peers, finding people that you identify with. Really, if you see people that achieve something and you don't believe that they're anything similar to you at all, not nearly as powerful as finding people who are very similar to you, uh, which the internet has made it much easier for us to do. And then the last two crucial, 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 crucial beliefs are that belief you are responsible for your results, not your parents, not your kids, not your spouse, but you, and certainly not your doctor. And then the last one is that believe you can take the action steps necessary towards that result. 
All right, so these are the five beliefs that are fundamental to improve your health and to change your life. And if you have more questions about those, please visit straightshothealth.com and you can send me some comments on there. Uh, if you have used these, sometimes people have achieved a result in their life or overcome adversity. Um, you may not realize actually what these process, but once you look at it over time, you, <laughs> once you've done it and then you may have heard this podcast and you can say, you know what, actually that was true. And I would love to hear your stories. If you can give me examples of um, uh, big behavioral change, big improvements in your life and your health, uh, that looking back on it now, you, you sort of see these five beliefs taking place. Okay. All right. Well, that is it for today. Not nearly as long as some of my other long-winded episodes, but until next time, folks, be well.